Greetings! Welcome to our pastors, plural Bible, plural possessive pastors. <laughs> Uh, Bible, Bible study. study. We're in Acts chapter 14. We are going to complete uh, Paul's first missionary journey. First, uh, really, not only Paul, the church's first yeah. missionary journey. Yeah, I didn't even think about it that way today. Correct. Yeah, taking the good news out into the ends of the earth. <clears throat> this is where it begins. So, we're reading again from the New International Version, mm -hmm. the NIV translation. Acts chapter 14, verse 1. At, I at Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went, as usual, into the Jewish synagogues. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among the Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out about it and fled to the Lysonian uh, cities of Lystra and Derbe and to the surrounding country where they continued to preach the good news. Uh, interesting in the beginning there, it just talks about saying that they spoke so effectively that this great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. And Pastor Marcus, you started out with saying that, you know, like uh, the acts of the, not necessarily of the apostles, but the acts of the Holy Spirit. That's such a, a good verse, I think, to keep in mind that it isn't these men that are speaking so well per se of their own volition but it really is the spirit using these individuals to be able to uh well to be able to convert these these other people you know that's what's so effective about it it's the it's the word of god which causes it to be able to have this this great uh result that occurs not because these two guys are such great public speakers right and uh they are obviously zealous mm -hmm. right they're I love that speaking boldly. Yeah, I mean, it hits your sermon from this last week, right? I mean, it's perfectly in there in a reoccurring theme that we see in this book that they continue to have this boldness, that they don't they don't just push it off and say, oh, the Holy Spirit's going to take care of this one today, but they are a part of this work. Yeah, they're going to do their job. They're going to do their part of the, you know, their responsibility to share the gospel, and the Holy Spirit's going to do his part. Um you know, doing the miraculous signs and wonders again mm -hmm. as they went into these uh, cities with, uh, well, and even now, right, there wasn't, there wasn't a New Testament book. There wasn't a word that would testify to Jesus as the Messiah. So these signs and wonders, these miracles gave that testimony. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And here, actually, in Iconium, uh, just kind of note as we read on that here they were preaching the gospel boldly and then it mentions they were also doing these miraculous signs and wonders that kind of supported the gospel. The word that's there, yeah. Yeah, when they get to the next city, you're going to see the first thing they do is a miracle, and people get kind of confused about what that yeah. means. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and that's good good foreshadowing for sure. Interesting, too, you know, that you have these people that uh, are believing, 
you know, and, and it, it's not a few, right? A large, a great number is what is mentioned there. But then also you have these other individuals who they hate the message so much. It isn't this that they speak out against, and it says that they poison the minds. It's pretty strong. Poison the minds of the people who are around them to try to stir up and try to be able to get people to be able to go after these these individuals. And that's, I mean, isn't that constantly what we see? both today in our culture and also during these biblical times or throughout all of history, is you mentioned uh, a couple times that name of Jesus is so strong and people hate it so much. You were going over that on Sunday that, you, you know, maybe you could say religion or somebody being spiritual or even God, but yeah. that name of Christ now in the early church or today in the early church still has this element that, people are really against. They really hate it. I mean, what is your two cents on that, Pastor Mark, of why you think people just, they're so far against that? Because why could I say God, but not say Jesus, you know? Yeah, God can be uh, just this uh, theoretical concept or something. But when you say Jesus Christ, there's this uh, very specific God with mm. a specific law, mm. but a specific gospel also. Uh, but maybe people focus on the law. Maybe don't people don't want to be held accountable. Uh, but you know, I was just thinking about it just now as you were talking. Uh, you made me think about how obviously Jesus is the stumbling block. Uh, the message of the cross is offensive, mm. and so that kind of makes me think today. You know, if the American church is uh, just kind of, uh, and I think it is, just just kind of uh, non. It's just inconsequential to the culture. They look at the church and they say, whatever. But if the church is doing what the church should be doing, they should be winning over very passionate believers yeah. and making very strong enemies, people who are yeah. very much against yeah. the church, uh, wanting to poison the minds of the rest. To, but you know, So I would say if we're not making friends and enemies, <laughs> maybe we're being too subdued hmm. in our proclamation. Trying not to offend people yeah. and yeah that's a good point hmm. something to think about all right so uh, verse 8 we continue uh, in Lystra there sat a man crippled in his feet who was lame from birth and had never walked he listened to Paul as he was speaking Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed and called out stand up on your feet at that the man jumped up and began to walk when the crowd saw that Paul had, what Paul had done they shouted in the Lycedonian language the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bowls and wreaths into the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, Men, why are you doing this? We too are only men, humans like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you uh, to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way, yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. 
Then some Jews from Antioch and Iconium and, uh, and one over the crowd. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he caught up and went back into the city. The next day he and Barnabas left for Derby. Okay. <clears throat> Again, pretty action-packed. Uh, this little episode there that we hear about in Lystra, Lystra. Uh, the next city that they go to spread the gospel to. As he's mentioned, this, the miracle happens. Yeah, right they walk away. in the city, they see yeah. a crippled man, they heal him. And boy, does that cause a stir. I mean, right away, the imagine. people, you know, they think that, you know, they think that they're gods. It, it says, you know, uh, obviously this is something very big. I mean, even but the priest uh, of this other temple, right? He's even on board, and he, he starts. Br- and they're bringing Can you out. imagine the scene? Yeah, I'm just trying to imagine. Like, there's this big crowd. I was thinking the same thing. Here come these ox. Yeah, with like these flowers. Big wreaths. Yeah. yeah, I mean, these are expensive things them. for these people, right? This isn't just like, oh, I got a few thousand of these laying around. Like these, this would have been a big deal. You know, this is a big right. expense. Something that would have been saved uh, for a certain type of celebration. Uh, interesting that the people thought so much of that, but they're they're just uh, they're only listening with their eyes, right? Receiving, they're not, they're not listening fully with their ear the message that is there. I mean, even is these men they tear tear their clothes, you know, a sign of of agony or a sign of uh, just being being upset. Uh, they're going out and saying, no, this is not. Listen to what we're, we're saying. It says they have yeah. a hard time stopping these people from doing this. Yeah, yeah. even after that, they still wanted to, to honor them. I did, I did research. There was apparently some legend that uh, Zeus and Hermes uh-huh. had appeared in the past okay. in human form, but the people had rejected them. They didn't believe Interesting. them. Interesting. And so probably this crowd... Whoever started it, once it got stirred up, they were like, "Oh, well, we're not going to." Here it is. We're not, we're not going to blow it like Grandpa did. Right? <laughs> uh, how how great of words, though. I mean, think about the. I think of the opportunity that's that's there when they talk. Oh, look, uh, the gods have come down in human form, and and but you know, Paul Barnes. Well, yeah, God has come down in human form this is who we're trying to tell you about this is right. already this has already happened you know a uh, great opportunity there to use maybe something that's happening to be able to share this For but sure. uh, still you know they have again it says they have difficulty but it shows uh, how fast things can change then too because again they start grabbing these guys trying to turn the crowd on them and uh, it leads to a very tough time for for Paul in particular yeah, Paul got stoned, like with rocks. Yeah, well, let's, let's <laughs> clarify that. Got it. And uh, yeah, I mean that's yeah death sentence. It seems that they do it so quickly too. I know I saw in a piece of uh, commentary, and I think I, everywhere I always see this. Usually, it talks about taking the guys outside of the city and stoning them. And in this scenario, it talks about that they stoned him and then drug him outside of the city, almost like it's this quick haphazard thing that that happens, you know, mm-hmm. right there. But obviously, again, people are so upset uh, with this. And think about the apostles and this roller coaster that they're always on, right? People were thinking they were gods, about ready to sacrifice to them. And then just a little bit later here, we see them actually being tried to put to death here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, they resist the praise of the people 
uh, one, because they wanted to get the message of the gospel out, but they also realized that <clears throat> they weren't the ones that healed the crippled man. Mm-hmm. Right? All of this, the power of God working through them and the word of God that they're, they're sharing. So you don't know, but I'm going to ask him a question. I'll, I'll comment myself later if I want, you know. But so as a pastor, yeah, how do you feel when people just compliment, just praise you, just kind of on and on? Well, I, I will say, I mean, at certain times, just like anything else, uh, being able to receive praise does feel good to us as humans, right? I mean, I think it could be something as nice as when somebody says, oh, you know, I, I like that shirt that you have there. You know, your haircut looks good today. You Nobody know, it could be something. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't got that one. <laughs> but, you know, just somebody complimenting you on mm-hmm. something, it's, that's always <laughs> nice. And there's nothing wrong with that, too. Uh, at the same time, I think you got to be careful on the element of when it's like, and I know what people are saying, you know, and you get this too, it's very common post-worship service for someone to say, hey, uh, that was a great message today. You did it, you know, you did a great job. And I know what they're saying, that it was something that uh, it was touching to them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes maybe it's just something <clears throat> nice to be able to to say, you know, we, we have common courtesies that we pass all the time in saying things to people, and maybe that's just something that's easy for individuals to be able to say. Uh, but really, when you, you know, when it gets down to it, it's the same scenario of saying, well, you know, this is, this is the Lord's word, you know, good for him today of being able to reach out and touch people and share this. At the same time, God has given all of us different gifts to be able to utilize and to put into practice, and we should glorify those things, that they are gifts from God, right? If somebody has the gift of speaking, of teaching, of prophesying, or of serving, mm-hmm. of teaching kids in our school, those are great gifts to be able to lift up in that person, but to always recognize, you know, this is something that God has blessed you with. How will you use this boldly? You know, what, is, what does this look like? So I don't know, it's this, it's this gray line that maybe it's semantics sometimes at different points, but... It is important for us, whether you're a pastor or uh, somebody very active in our congregation, to always remember and recall where that uh, gift is stemming from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good, yeah. Yeah, all spiritual leaders are humble and and recognizing that uh, all good spiritual, I don't know, are humble and recognizing that the word is from God, the power is from God. I mean, that's when we talk about just a, a conduit. We even talk about like our time and talents and treasures, right? The things that we have, even like in donating a talent that we have of being able to do something, you know, that really is, we should be pointing back to God. Even if it's our money, right? It isn't like, wow, so-and-so made a $15,000 gift. Like, thank you. Well, I I do thank you. You are a a piece of that. But I really thank God for providing this for you and for giving you that heart, right? It isn't just the, the gift. But actually having that heart to be able to do something like that, it's a big deal. And so I think it's, again, it's something to be celebrated in our Lord, but something to be celebrated, uh, I think, in that person, too, because God, you know, gave that unto them. Almost like a a child when they receive a a gift, you know, it's great to recognize where the gift comes to be able to provide that thank you. But it's good to be able to celebrate with that child, right, that they are, if you will, a manager of this too and so what are we managers of uh in the lord's ministry for sure yeah sometimes i can feel a little uncomfortable depending on what, i don't know what day it is i guess sure. what mood i'm in but sometimes i feel a little uncomfortable and i just just try to say thank you and, and on. but but then i'll go home 
after church and bug Christy to death. So I'll be all humble at church, right? And then I'll get home Sunday afternoon. But so how was it? Was that the best message you ever heard? Did you did you laugh at the joke? Well, that was funny, right? Yeah. Did you do cry? Again? Did you cry when I told the story about the? Are you inspired? Are you ready to change the world? All right, you want to pick up yeah. verse twenty-one? That's I think it. is where we're at. All right, the return. They preach the good news. Now, this is a reoccurring theme, right? I mean, yeah. this is all they're doing. They yeah. can't shut up. And what is the good news? It's so simple. Jesus died for your sins. God raised him from the dead. Again, what you mentioned for Sermon on Sunday, right? What everything's based around, Laser right? Laser-focused. Yeah. I mean, it's not, this is how you pray, and this is how to be happy, and this is your best life now, and whatever. Uh, I mean, we get to all that. That's all in the Word, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, the foundation is is the resurrection. Okay. Um, so that's what they're preaching, the good news in the city. And won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. And then they said, we must go through many hardships or persecutions uh, to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders, or maybe ordained elders, Uh, for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. After going through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia. And uh, at Atalia, they sailed back to Antioch, back on the Judean Sumerian coastline now, uh, leaving Greece, uh, <clears throat> sorry, went back to Antioch where they had uh, been committed to the grace of God. This is where they were commissioned as missionaries and sent out uh, for the work that was now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them, yeah, through them, and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. Uh, that last part there, I think, is so great. Not just the staying that that concept of opening the door, and maybe back to our conversation from just a minute ago. Right? It talks about God had opened this door, right? And I mean, He's doing He's doing the work. You know, hey, let me be. Here you go. And yeah. now, you know, you were blessed with this opportunity to walk in there, uh, and just the celebration that they have, right? They, they're not coming back and. Talking about how I got stoned or how we got all these people that hated us. It's, yeah. it's always about, you know, look, well, look what God did during all these things. All you the know? new believers. Even yeah. the Gentile uh, believe now. Yeah. I think it's uh, pretty interesting. That, so this is, they returned to these three cities. I made mm. a second visit to each new, brand new kind of baby church. Yeah, this follow-up. With these new pastors, really. I'm sure they were, I'm sure they were very well-versed in the Old Testament. I'm sure they were great, you know men of faith, uh, but they were new Christians. Mm. And so they go back through to strengthen their faith again, even though they were persecuted in Antioch, <laughs> threatened in Iconium, stoned in Lystra, Yeah, right? They still went back and visited each one of these cities because that was more important. Encouraging, encouraging the body of Christ was more important than whatever threat they may have faced. So that's a pretty, just the fact that they returned back to those cities before leaving was... Uh, meant something to me and you see the again the commitment that's there on behalf of these bold leaders right they just continue no matter what just to keep pushing forward 
knowing truly what uh, just what matters most in life, you know, what, uh, where true joy is found, uh, what our purpose really is, and all these things that they come up against, they just, they love Jesus so much with just every single piece of their life. Uh, just the, the dedication is amazing. And uh, not just the message that comes out here for these believers, but even for us today, that we still get to have really the benefit of the Spirit using these individuals to open up the door to our hearts, the hearts of other people today. Uh, I just think it's so impressive, you know. I love it when you see, uh, just in the world, the examples. You know, it's e- easy to look out and see things where we think the Lord hasn't maybe touched, at least in our mind, or where things haven't gone great. But it's neat to see uh, the work of the church still continuing in the world today and what that looks like. Yeah. Verse 23, Paul and Barnabas appointed the elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord hmm. and they put their trust. So I know uh, fasting was uh, an Old Testament, more of a ritual type law, not a not a thing that we're required to do anymore. But the early Christians apparently saw that as something beneficial to the faith. Um, you can look at me until I don't fast a whole lot. <laughs> but I will say I have... Uh, you eat super fast. I've seen you. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. We won't edit that out. We'll leave that one in. <laughs> um, I have said I have uh, uh, like if I'm if I'm deliberating on a, a call mm. to a congregation. I know that's happened a few times uh, in my life. I have I have noticed that prayer and fasting has brought a lot of clarity and a lot of focus on. Uh, you, you could just say God's will, but right, who God has created me to be, what is the the need or the gift that the congregation has or needs, and you know how do those things fit? I, yeah, it's been I, I can just say I know from, from limited experience that uh, the fasting is a pretty cool spiritual discipline. That probably maybe should try it, uh, and I should probably try it more for other reasons too. But well, it's interesting, you know. It's a I think. People probably don't get the whole concept of what happens there, but when you know one of the most uh, instrumental pieces of fasting is that all of us as humans uh, understand what it's like to feel the need for hunger and what that's what that's like, and so to take that opportunity when you are fasting uh, or holding back, whether it's from something in particular or food uh, com- completely, that every time you receive that moment of hunger or that that need. That those are times that you can be reminded of, uh, you know, what the Lord has done for us. It could uh, kind of set you or reset you to be able to maybe think about something in particular. I mean, think about even just taking time to pray every time you experience like that significant hunger, right? And being like, well, I'm gonna, it's it's like this internal alarm clock that mm-hmm. you you can't get rid of that's there, and it really, like you said, I think does provide some clarity for us then moving forward. Yeah. And then, um, what was it, verse 22, I remember they're making their second visit to the brand new churches and uh, strengthens, encouraging them to remain true to the faith. And then he says, Paul or Barnabas, I guess, say to the new churches, the new pastors, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Hmm. Wow. 
Because, I mean, what's the, what's like the first temptation the devil loves to throw at us in the <laughs> middle of hardship? It's yeah. Like, where's God? Yeah. God's if your God you, loved or, you, would he really let you go through this? Yeah. Why is he doing this to you? What have you done mm-hmm. wrong? Uh, a lot of different things that can pop out in that. Yeah. Well, that's a good reminder, right? Uh, God uses hardships to strengthen our faith. It's the... It is, it is picking up our cross and following Jesus. Yeah, I mean, God uses those hardships to just deliver uh, his forgiveness and his gospel throughout our life, right? I mean, even for Christ himself, it's through hardship and through ultimately massive pain and death that we are given the good news. You know, uh, that's just the, the route our Lord has taken. And maybe like fasting, you know, uh, man, I don't. When I, after I have had a big meal, I I am not craving more food. When all the courses are done and desserts come, but when I leave that restaurant or I go and hang out on the couch, the last thing I am now thinking about is food. I'm not thinking about, hey, what what am I gonna have for breakfast tomorrow morning or what is laying around in the cupboard? It's it's gone from me. Uh, but. When I am hungry, that's that's all I can think about, right? When am I going to get next food? Where am I going to go eat? Believe me, I know like? that. <laughs> yeah. This guy. <laughs> and, and you start saying that at 1030 in the oh, morning. Oh, yeah. No, it's completely true. But it's the same for, like, our lives, right? If everything was fine, if we're always full, right. always, you're, you're maxed out, you've had dessert, everything is going right, how often are we really going to God? Are, for most people... Is that when we're just constantly going to him? Uh, or is it when we are starving a little bit maybe in some aspects? Or when we are uh, hurting a little bit here, when we do crave something, whether that would be comfort or healing? Those are times, I think, that you know we're bonded a lot more with, with the Lord, that we really do go to him. And even for these men of God, it's through these times of suffering, I think that we recognize that we do need him. Uh, and that that's just part of our life, right? It isn't how God created us. It's a it's an aspect of sin, but because of that sin, when we recognize that, then we we fat we yearn for that gospel. We hunger for it, and so uh, just as them, maybe for all of us, whatever we're going through, and it's hard to do, easy to say, hard to do. Think about you know uh, how is this pulling me closer to the Lord right now? You know how do I know that I do need to rely upon Him? Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, that'll kind of wrap us up for today. Uh, the disciples stay in this place, it says. Uh, these men with the other disciples for a long time, it says. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I think, for a year or so. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll pick up with them on their, their next journey here pretty soon of where it goes, right. uh, where well, it goes from there. Don't miss next week because the excitement continues. Next week <laughs> is true. church fight. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. The first big fight in the church. Yep. And uh, even on... Uh, yeah, Sunday here we're gonna have a little bit of uh, mm. discussion too. So both of our both our Bible study this next week and also our upcoming sermon here we're gonna have uh, a little bit of <clears throat> angst that's that's, angst. that's yeah. there. Not that we, nothing well, we, new under we, the sun except Desert Foothills. We don't have any of that, so that's that's great. We don't, <laughs> and, and we've never have. <laughs> that's good. That's good. All, All right, with that, why don't we close in a time of uh, prayer for today? Mm. Uh, Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, bringing us together once again to be able to uh, hear from your word. 
Uh, Lord, open us uh, up to be able to see the miraculous opportunities that you have provided in which your spirit continues to open up the door that we may be able to share your word boldly. Uh, make that strong in us is your uh, church of today to be able to go out uh, and to be able to bless people around us with this great and glorious word. Uh, Lord, we give you uh, praise and glory for the time, uh, for the talents, uh, for the treasures that you have given to Pastor Mark and myself and to all of our family members uh, here at uh, Desert Foothills and through Christians just across the world. Uh, continue to shower down upon us, Lord, uh, that reign of your grace and your mercy uh, that we may become uh, stronger individuals and servants for you and for our fellow man. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jeremy. Yeah, thank Thanks you. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. See you next week.